nine-time letter winner, NFL wide receiver, 14-year Wisconsin Athletic Director. Live from the Everlight Solar Studio, this is the Pat Richter Show finale on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. With former UW Athletic Director Pat Richter, here's Alex Strofe. Rolling on, it is a special finale edition of the Pat Richter Show right here at 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Our uh, our guest lineup continues with, with two greats from the University of Wisconsin football team in the 1990s. And uh, I have no idea, Pat, how the hell I'm going to keep control of this one. So uh, I wish you the best of luck as we welcome in former Badger center, Derek Engler and the all-time leader in sacks in Wisconsin history, Tarek Sala. Fellas, we appreciate you being here to, to celebrate the, the great legacy of the legendary Pat Richter from Madison East to the nine-time letter winner at the UW to the athletic director and all the in-betweens uh, of Pat. And Derek, I'm looking at you, man. What, 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 was, what do you remember from maybe the first interaction you had with Pat Richter uh, in the early 90s <laughs> when, you, when you joined the Badgers football team? <laughs> well, we can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because, um, you know, in 1992 when I came in here, uh, not only was, you know, my, my head coach pretty intimidating, but then you look at the athletic director who hired Barry Alvarez, and you're thinking Clint Eastwood all day long. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I'm telling you, I mean, between the two of them, you knew who was in charge, one of the department and one of the football program, and uh, you had to mind your P's and Q's, and you know, and it not it's not like I couldn't, uh, you know, Pat was not, it wasn't like he wasn't approachable, absolutely, because then you know you go talk to him and you have a great conversation and so on, and he was always, um, you know, he was always available, you know, to the student athletes, and you know, uh, we all appreciated that, and uh, you know, we're all very fortunate, you know, uh, obviously to what he did to that that program. So we had we had Dirty Harry and Don Corleone. You know? <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something about that story about the the uh, Clint Eastwood business. I was on a plane with my wife and uh, someone we were walking off and someone taps me on the shoulder and says, "I know who you are." <laughs> I said, "No, you don't." Said, yes, you are. No, no, you don't. He said, "You're Clint Eastwood." I said, "No, I'm not, ma'am." And then, just recently, somebody come up and says. Uh, Jack Palance. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no one arm uh, push ups, I think, was Jack did, but that's what happens when you break your nose and a couple years later than uh, Clint Eastwood. Oh, oh, no question. And then, and then going back to Pat, when you first came on board, what, what what made you make the to take the job? I know I know you love the Badgers, but Donna Shalala just took over, if I remember correctly, and there's a little bit of chaos going well, on. Well, I mean, it, this is 1989, if I'm not mistaken. And what what are we in the in the red? Three million or something like that. And then the departments and kind of shambles and all the programs yeah. as well. It was actually reported 1.7 million, and then they said, "Well, wait a minute, we made a mistake. We're uh, 700,000 short of that, so it's 2.4." There you go. And uh, you know, it was we didn't have a timetable. We I look back and we did some. Uh, some uh, strategic planning work. A fellow Oscar Meyer, what I had uh, worked with him, and he came out and he did us, took us through a process. He said, "What would you like to do? Ten years out, uh, say 1990. Now, now it's 2000. How many years uh, would it take to get to certain objectives?" He said, "Well, we'd like to get to the Final Four, or no, the NCAA tournament." 
we'd like to go to a bowl game, you know, once a year, and we'd like to be fiscally responsible. We'd like to be gender equitable. A lot of those things came true, but we were talking earlier today about the people and the really the changes that have taken place, and uh, and they're not unlike what's going on now. When you guys came in, you guys were the new breed. A lot of people got they were proven that they couldn't take whatever the punishment, not punishment, but the the commitment to be successful, and that which you have to do. You can't spend 105 people all the time and trying to get them to do the things that you want them to do. You get the guys that really are responsible, and you guys are the ones that put it on your back. And that really, you know, from I can tell you honestly, from a standpoint of the guys that have been there the previously in 1963, that had some of the guys that were there in 1960. I was a freshman; we weren't eligible. To this day, it was a bad game. It was really a bad game. They played Washington and Bob Slaret, and you just asked them, saying, "Well, what time is it, Bill?" Forty-four to eight. They got beat forty-four to eight. And so they, when they say, "What time is it?" Forty-four to eight. <laughs> you still remember it. So it was. You guys took us off the hook. Yeah, you, know, you had mentioned that you know before we came on. And, you know, really, uh, uh, that '93 team and '94 Rose Bowl victory kind of took that monkey off. You know your your squad's back the 63 team and and we're just kind of laughing because Tarek and I are looking at each other and we're going on our 30th year from that yeah, 93 yeah. squad here and and uh, you know back then you know Coach Alvarez and his staff has been three decades that's you know that was the, obviously the objective that to win the Big Ten and go to the Rose Bowl that from day one as you know Pat when you hired Barry and he came in here uh, that that was the number one goal and and now we're sitting here uh, 30 years later and and uh, to to be able to be in your presence and honor you because Tarek and I know you know how much you meant uh, to this university and the athletic department um, the only all-time you know three-time letter winner in three different sports I don't know how many different Hall of Fames you've been inducted to but I know there's several um, but more importantly just the way you treated people you know your staff um, the student athletes um, you know and, and just I remember one story in particular, and it was recently after, after I retired from uh, the New York Giants, and I was back, and I was at a, a, a National W Club banquet, and Pat was there, and he was asking me how I was doing, and you know, and uh, the transition and everything else, and you know, I was a little obviously I had some anxiety, and and you know, somewhat a little bit of embarrassment. You know, I only had a cup of coffee in the league. I mean, I was you know, fortunate to get fully vested until four years with the Giants. And the first thing, the first words out of Pat's mouth were, was, because I told him I was retiring, he says, you're smart. That's the way to go. You know, focus on, you know, a career uh, where you're going to make some money and longevity. And, and, you know, he knows better than anyone, you know, the National Football League and, and what what that that life's all about and how short-lived it is. And, you know, that meant a lot to me. He, he didn't know it back then, but... You know that kind of that gave me a little bit uh, i don't know just kind of inspiration and um you know go focus on on you know a, a career that i'm gonna have uh make a living and have some longevity and make madison my home and be involved with the university as i have and Tarek has over two decades now yeah and and pat you taught us not only what it was like to be a great athlete but how to live your life afterwards after sports because there's you know you, you your life after sports is a lot longer especially for Derek and I uh, than it is when you're playing and, and you know whether it be Oscar Meyer or your work as an athletic director but then 
you know, your your charitable work, and it's it's a really important for us from the Easter Seals perspective. Absolutely, how how involved you were with that, and then our NFL alumni chapter in Madison, caring for kids uh, you, every year. You 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 know you put the uh, all the Ben Gay on or whatever you got to do to get in there and play golf <laughs> for us and, and be a great ambassador of of all of us. You're you're the the president of our fraternity. Yeah, and then when he told me about that, you know, that's a smart choice there. Credibility, you know, was already there. You know, before Pat became a very successful athletic director at a major university, you know, I don't know, was it uh, almost maybe two decades at Oscar Mayer and running a hell of a business and having that resume even just gave me more, you know, just kind of, uh, you know what, this is a man. First of all, he's the godfather of Badger Athletics, but he came from a, uh, you know, a, a private corporate business world and understood that um, and used probably, obviously, a lot of that skill set to, to take us out of the, the red and get us heavily into black, probably an $11 million swing or something like that, and the Kohl Center. But you guys are, you know, at a time when there were other things out there. It wasn't just playing ball. I started to think of especially with you playing linebacker linebacker, and you playing a, a center in the middle of the line, you know, with Mike Webster and all those types of things that come up that are proven to be true, you know, in terms of concussions and, good point. and things like that. They had, they had to weigh those things. I mean, we, we played, you know, we had a single bar mask, you know, and we had a, a suspension helmet, which I think personally is maybe better than a, the helmet that you guys had on, which you, it was either filled with water or sand or whatever the heck it was. It was a heavy helmet. And, you know, this is really uh, endangers the, the, the fabric of the game, but, you know, you can't sit there and ignore that fact. I mean, uh, the NFL did for many years, and so you've got not only you enjoy the times that you were there, but you got to think this back in your mind saying, what the hell? How does it affect me? And we don't know that. You know, it's interesting that you brought that up because I think about, I don't know, maybe five years, four or five years later, 2005 or so, uh, that's when I'm reading ESPN the magazine and I'm, I'm reading all about this Boston University study and CTE and everything else. And, um, and of course, we know where it's went from there, you know, 18 years later. But, um, you know, I, 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 that that. That just conversation just meant a lot to me. I don't think I've ever told you that, but uh, you know, it just uh, it really did coming from you. And well, you know, you. yeah, absolutely. We, Tark and I, you know, we've always thought, you know, the, had the utmost respect um, for you. And, and probably one of the more enjoyable trips was an alumni trip to Lincoln, Nebraska, with you and Renee. And I got to, I got to sit at the same table. I don't know if you were for dinner with with Pat and Renee, and I had a few, you know pops in me and oh, I, told really? some, yeah. I told some old war stories and i just I, I thanked the heavens and i thanked renee that she she still liked me after the fact because i, I she said i've heard all the hack barton stories and everything else so. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we we also had a good time together for sure yeah and it was like yesterday that you started here at espn and having your own radio show which i thought was awesome um i think it, you know, we've been around a long time in this on the station as well Somebody and said the longest. The guys were just running show. Or we, we were just talking about that with Craig Karmazin, which is a conversation you'll hear next if you're listening to it. And uh, we think we determined Pat's been on maybe one more year, one less year wow. than you guys. Uh, so you guys have been uh, uh, two two ships passing in the night <laughs> with each other uh, as as great ambassadors of the university and, and, and great hosts on this station. And you guys, the three of you guys, I mean, you bleed Cardinal and White more than anybody else I've ever met. So it's it's uh, it's a tremendous honor to be at, be at this table. Well, the fact that they are investing 
invested in the community is very important. I mean, that's, you know, you got a lot of choices, especially when you get a chance to pay, maybe go to play ball someplace else and say, well, where do I want to be? And the fact that they want to be here and be supportive of the university. And nobody is a better ambassador than you guys. And, uh, and that's something that's, you know, you need that kind of continuity. But the charitable things, People look at those and they think, well, it's a lot of fun. You're going to play golf. Dude. It's hard work. It's really <laughs> yeah, hard work. Yeah. And so the fact that you do that is really representative of the kind of people that uh, are in the program to come to the University of Wisconsin. And, and you guys should be very proud of that. Yeah. And, you know, Derek and I love our hometowns. But, you know, we love Madison and we love, you know, the university. And there's and a lot. big part because of, of, you know, leaders like you Absolutely. who have inspired us. To, to be out here and, and, and you you made we're grateful I, and I know you know you grew up here obviously but Madison's always been your home you know our former coach Barry Alvarez you know always talked about the way of living you know and uh, how to use Madison as a recruiting tool and you know what um, he put his money where his mouth is and he, he made Madison his home uh, Tarek and I did and now and Tarek you can attest to this how many UW former UW student athletes that you go on to their respective sports maybe play professionally are making madison their home they're more than i've ever ever seen today which is awesome yeah absolutely and and again i think to 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 pat's point he's from madison right he's the pride of madison east high school and and he's he's been here his whole life but you from minnesota Derek, and and you from connecticut Tarek, right you guys made it your home and it seems like that is you know we can go on the list of names of of people either affiliated with our station or just that have settled down here right i mean it's yeah it's uh it's a credit to all three of you well, that's the way that we viewed the opportunity to be the athletic director. I could have stayed with Oscar Meyer. Kraft Foods uh, bought them, was purchased by Philip Morris, and then they part of their family. And But you could see the, the jobs that we were doing were starting to move towards Chicago, where the corporate office was. Great jobs, but just didn't want to be there. And so that's when I made my decision to to accept the job, the opportunity, what Donna presented. And so... Uh, you know that's the reason why we stayed here, and uh, just exactly what you guys are saying at a different time and and and, uh, and the events. But uh, you know Madison's a pretty special place. Here we are today in the studio. I spent half my childhood across the street at Bree Stevens Field, and one of the great thrills of uh, my life, the fact that at 10 years old we had a we used to have a three three-game series, best two out of three with the team on the west side versus east side. <laughs> yeah. And you come to the stadium over here, Bree Stevens, I mean, it was a big deal. And uh, those are the great memories we have in Madison. Absolutely. Pat, i, I got to ask you a question I've never asked you in the, in the three years doing the show with you. And that is, you know, we've talked a lot about 1989 when Donna Shalala came to you and said, hey, you know, would you be interested in this? And, and it seems like you've always had the mindset, anything you do, whether it's the radio show, whether it was at a, as a player, you know, high school collegiately or professionally, and as an athletic director, you never went into the mindset of, huh, we'll see how this goes. It was always, I'm going to be pretty damn successful with this. Was that the mindset from the get-go? Because as, as we talked about, you were at a deficit financially the the programs weren't in a great space and you came in and you, and you flipped the total 180 did you go in with the mindset of i'm going to make this thing really freaking successful no <laughs> <laughs> well i i mean to make it successful that was the hope and everything but in terms of you know really there was nothing context in which to put it in saying well what is this all about i mean it's a different kind of business I, mean, I was in human resources and uh and it was a people business so that i knew they're very comfortable with that but it used to depend on a lot of people, and, and after so many years of malaise, so to speak, you know, it was just a lot of people were tired and worn out, and 
and it, you just don't know what the re the response is going to be. I mean, you remember one of the first games of the Barry had against California, and we, we were talking earlier about the uh, senior poster, a whole new animal. Mm -hmm. We didn't win that game, and people send letters saying, well, it looks like the animals are just the same. <laughs> didn't he win the games? And so uh, it was just one step at a time. And that success in football allowed us to move into basketball. Basketball was probably more improbable than football because in football you had a context of some success with basketball. You got to go back to when I was born in 1941. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so it was – it allowed you to take the next steps because you were able to have a little bit of a template, got out from underneath the debt, so to speak, and well, because of what these guys did, and then they continued that on. And but, so you had to be successful with the football, otherwise you wouldn't have an opportunity to go to the next step. I think you burned the ships, so to speak. You had no choice but to be successful. This is your hometown, yeah. right? Derek and I, we could go back to, I'll go back to Connecticut, he'll hide <laughs> well, up in Minneapolis if, if we could be. Well, that, and I mean, there was some, obviously, Probably one of the most difficult um, decisions you ever had to made was to eliminate the baseball yeah. program, which, uh, you know, you played that sport it keeps, here. It keeps your records intact. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the motivation behind it all. We finally cracked the code. But it was, uh, you know, being here, it's, it's amazing, Madison. And that's one of the things that I think I treasure most is the fact that we were able to do it in Madison. Because a lot of the guys, I never forget, we were getting beat up in the press for something or other. I'm not sure. The press was really kind of looking for negative things at the time. And somebody wrote in a letter to the editor saying, you guys got to leave Pat alone. He's an Eastsider. He's one of us. And, <laughs> and that's all it is. And in fact, I, my phone number is in the phone book. The phone book. That sounds like something. <laughs> what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> number is in the phone book. And... And the whole time I was athletic director, I received one phone call at home, and that whole time, with all the things that went on. And it was after I had let Steve Yoder know that we were going to replace him at the end of the year. And you guys probably remember when we beat the Fab Five oh, yeah. Yeah. at the field house, yep. just crushed him, and we're thinking, this can't be happening. And I had just told Steve that week, and it came public, that he was going to be let go at the end of the season. So about 10.30 at night, the phone rings. Obviously, the guy's at a bar. He's really, what the hell's the matter with you? You got your head up where the sun doesn't shine. This guy's a great coach. And hung up, and we lost every game after that. <laughs> what a story that is. Was your name in the phone book as Hugh or Pat? P. 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 Richter. P. Richter. Okay, so he figured it out. That's a, it's a terrific story. Uh, Tarek, Derek, any any last uh, any I, last know, thoughts? I got one. You know, were there any individuals or maybe other athletic directors that you leaned on in in eighty nine ninety in particular when you first came in? Obviously, spending you know uh, I don't know how many seventeen eighteen years. You know, you the, Oscar Meyer. The fellow that we spent a little bit of time with, and he was a, kind of a legend, Don Canham from Michigan. It was an interesting proposition. Don never had contracts with the with his coaches. It was always just a handshake and what it was. He didn't pay very well, but uh, he had been around a lot. He had, he'd, was a good friend of Frank Remington, who had been on the athletic board and uh, NCAA committees. And he was one that Donna leaned on a little bit. And so uh, 
I did as well, and uh, but just a very short period of time because then Jim Delaney had taken over at the Big Ten, and it was kind of a new era, so to speak, when they turned to the corporate structure. It was uh, wasn't so much athletics and the athletic director and a chancellor together. It really was kind of like the chancellors and pre presidents are running the conference now, and that's when it changed. That's when Penn State came in, and uh, it's continued to this day. Well, Pat, all I can say is thank you for everything uh, you've done for the university and then being our our mentor and, and a big part of our community, and we need to truly you, the Godfather. Truly get you the on the event so you get back out on the golf course with us and. Uh, in our uh, NFL alumni tournament. Yeah, I want to be there. It's just, uh, I remember around when that started because Oscar Meyer and uh, Steve Lindblom with the, uh, Oscar or Lewis Rich Turkey Company Yeah, kind of started that back years ago with Elroy and a bunch of the uh, former players. But We'll get you up there just shaking hands. That's all we need to do there is get up there. I might be there right with Dark you. Tarek and I are great at that. <laughs> You're looking around the corner. Fantastic. Tarek, Derek, thank you guys. We'll continue the walk down memory lane with Pat Richter right after this with Craig Carmazin, who joins us next. It is the finale of the Pat Richter Show right here on ESPN Madison. Celebrating the historic career of Pat Richter, this is the Pat Richter Show finale on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Honoring one of the all-time greats from the University of Wisconsin, this is the Pat Richter Show finale on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Rolling on, it is the grand finale of the Pat Richter Show right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Alex Strofe and the great Pat Richter, the pride of Eastside Madison, live from the Everlight Solar Studio on the east side of Madison. Excited to be joined now by the founder and CEO of Good Karma Brands, the legendary Craig Karmazin joins us now. And, and Craig, uh, we, we were taking a walk down memory lane. Wait, 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 just stop, stop, stopping. Stop. No, no legendary. With Pat's here, I'm not called legendary, and I'm never called legendary. So let's. I mean, come on. Fair. I mean, we, well, we are in the we are we are in the presence of a legit legend of Pat Richter, and it's incredible <laughs> because Pat knows this. Our company would not be here if it weren't for Pat. Like I, bingo. Legitimately came to visit Madison for a weekend, had a great time. You know, drunk with friends said, hey, maybe we should start a company. And then as I started to do the research, I picked up this book called From Red Ink to Red Roses. And it was pretty much the story of how Pat transformed the University of Wisconsin athletic program along with Donna and, and eventually Barry and doing all those things. But without knowing what this community could be from a sports standpoint, our company never would have existed. And so everything we've done over the past 25 years would not be here, Pat, if it weren't for you. Well, I appreciate that, Craig. I never knew that, but I, I knew that you were young, aggressive. Uh, back in those days, there was an opportunity to, to do something for people that had a passion and also had a niche and uh, understood what the heck was going on. And I... Uh, I remember that I always enjoyed having a chance to talk with you because of fresh ideas and things like that. And uh, and you guys uh, have done a great job. You certainly have not uh, let anybody down in that respect in terms of the way you've covered the Badgers. Yeah, well, Pat, I mean, it's incredible to, to 
think about it because you made that transition from the business world to sports administration. Um, were you naive to think that you could just run it the way you would run businesses? Because now when you think about it, it's just such a different world, right? The, the things yeah. that you had to deal with in, in administration compared to in the business world that you were coming from? Well, I'd be the first one to imagine to uh, say that uh, I, I was not a business type person, a financial person. I was human resource, uh, business type people, and uh, and the relationship that we had with playing for a guy like Lombardi and understanding about professionalism and things like this, and that you you had to be on all the time. You couldn't just put on when you wanted to be on because people depend on you for expertise and advice and uh, and things like that, and so it's it's not something you can turn on and off like a water faucet. You had to be on all the time. And so it was, uh, I think, being my, my respect, it probably was not so much a financial issue. Yes, they were in debt. They were losing money. Uh, so the numbers spoke for themselves. But it really was a question of having the right people. And I think that was where my forte came in with respect to picking people and having a chance to Oscar Mayer and General Foods and, and craft, and uh, in terms of identifying people that fit the culture, in other words, not necessarily. When I went out to do recruiting, I didn't uh, look for the person saying, "I want to find this engineer that got the skill." I found the person that fit the culture, and then and had the qualifications, and then someone else that had the expertise in engineering, for example, or somewhere else that they said, "Yes, they've they've got our skills and they fit," and and we said. We pass on the uh, the culture part of it because that was a very important part of uh, the business at Oscar Meyer. It was a organization that you know when you met people in the hallway, you understood what they were doing. When I went to General Foods, we did it with lap decks and everything was in paper, and it was not personalized and uh, made a big difference. And so that was it. I, I didn't even think about the financial part other than the fact that it was a number. Yes, we were losing money. And the rationale as to why was because we were losing uh, football, and that was a question of getting the right person in the right spot in football, and that was a chance we had to dig ourselves out of the hole. And so whether it's an engineer or a football coach, your premise was, I'm going to get the right person, and sure, they need basic skills, but they can learn a bunch of things, but culturally, I'm going to make sure that I start with that. Yes, the the right fit for the organization, the right person for that job, and the right person to be a change agent with respect to the, what we tried to accomplish, and uh, and everything else will take care of itself, and let them run the job, take care of the business the way that they have to in order to why they were selected in the first place. Well, this is supposed to be your last show, so we're supposed to be talking about all these things, but I always feel like I can learn so much from you. So when we have these opportunities, I want to ask these questions because True I think that. so many people are in these positions where they want to be disruptive, but then you bring in a disruptor and, oh my gosh, there was this person who we kind of liked and they're kind of rubbing them the wrong way. Like, what was it like bringing them in someone like a Barry Alvarez as a disruptor because you had your vision, but then you bring someone like that. You need to give him some space also. How do you balance getting aligned and then allowing him to build the culture that he wanted to build 
which you then had to do for each coach at each specific program. Yeah, there's no question, Craig, that, that uh, when he came in, it was a shock treatment. It was, I mean, I don't think that I have the personality necessarily for the shock treatment type of thing because we didn't, we needed people that kind of gather, kind of, we weren't going to make a lot of changes in the, in the way that we did things and the people that do those things, but in football, where we have to really, really move the nut forward, so to speak, change, being a change agent, being a, do the things that Barry had to do, and there's get the right kind of people. We're seeing that right now with Luke Fickle and uh, making change to get the right people on board. And you only have so much time to do that. You don't uh, say, well, wait for the fifth year or sixth year to make the changes necessary. You have to jump on it right away because people, especially back in those days, were really hungry for success and wanted it to happen not necessarily as quick as it did happen, but they were patient, but they wanted to see progress. And uh, I, I look back on our... Uh, our first uh, marketing effort, so to speak, and with the, they used to do a senior poster, and the first one I think it said uh, a whole new animal, and I never forget that after first couple games we were we were kind of on the fringe of just doing things that we weren't necessarily equipped to do, and then it kind of slipped away from us, and I remember getting a couple of letters from people saying, "Well, looks like the same old animal to me," and so, <laughs> no, but I, you could see that. There were things that were happening that were changes. There were people that, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the physicality of it all. The people were different, and it just was going to take some time. And hopefully, you know, with that second year, the tickets went down a little bit, and then they came back and stayed up. And so people had that uh, feeling that uh, the right people were in place and that things could happen and be successful, and uh, they wanted to be part of that. And that... That's what we're seeing today a little bit is that uh, it's, it's, it's odd because there's been a whole generation of people and supporters and youngsters and, and people like that that haven't seen too much negativity and uh, so much defeat. And they've been used to the success and the athletics and the winning and things like that. And, they're, and it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, everybody with nil and with all the things happening it's going to be a tougher uh, road to hoe, so to speak. And so patience is not a good virtue with respect to a lot of people that are looking at it today, and they're anxious. And uh, and that's something we I don't think we anticipated, but I think you can understand it, that it's a whole different generation that's been grown up with success. And... Uh, and it's not an easy business to do that in, in anymore. And, and I certainly fall into that group, Pat, right? I mean, uh, I, I've, I've grown up with relevancy for the University of Wisconsin Athletic Department. Uh, the, the decent Craig Karmazin with us here on the Pat Richter Show Much finale. Better. Thank you. I, I tried. With the legendary Pat Richter, Malik Strope from the Everlight Solar Studio. So I'm curious, Pat and Craig, we were talking a little bit off the air, but Craig mentions in the late 90s when him and his drunk friends come to Madison and have this vision to start this company. What was the first interaction you had with Craig, do you remember that? Because your memory is, is is supreme. So I'm curious if you remember your first interaction with a young, wide-eyed Craig Carmazan. Well, I think it was uh, it was just that. First of all, you had to you can he had a background, he had a, an understanding of the business. It was kind of a fragile time because we had a big a big uh, flagship uh, station, and so we had talked on occasion like that. And I remember maybe one more serious one was when I. I'm not sure where I was or what I was doing. I think I was maybe out of it at the time when I felt that they had you know, kind of uh, earned their chops, so to speak, and uh, and and they didn't get the bid. 
And uh, I remember talking to Craig, and I was disappointed because you hear the guys that did it the right way, that were enthusiastic, energetic, uh, had all the right sort of things, but just couldn't quite crack that uh, big, long, standing uh, kind of mental mental block, so to speak. <laughs> and I, I and I thought, well, hopefully that will be the first time. It'll be. There's just an opportunity to come in and do things better in the future, and uh, and be prove to everybody that they belong in the in, the, in that space, and they did that, and uh, and so uh, you know he, he he learned well from the family's standpoint, and uh, but he brought along the enthusiasm and the energy and things that we had kind of get, taken for granted, and and not really uh, you know had the 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 right focus so to speak because they people had taken them for granted the, the people that were in the state position and uh, kind of afraid to take an opportunity to get somebody that's got new thinking and energy and uh, and has has their priorities in the right place. Well, Alex, you mentioned that the idea that you've grown up this whole time because I think it's so interesting because Pat said you know ticket sales went that second year. Ticket sales are still up 30-plus years later. Yeah. I mean, that, that to me is incredible. And when you are trying to build something, it's that idea of, of kind of not at the beginning. But Pat was so good to us because uh, the department did have an official relationship, as it still does, with another broadcast company, but was always so generous with his time and information and being willing to talk and mentor us and help us along the way and support events that we were doing that he knew were about the community and about the program and he knew that you know we cared about the program because we were committing our lives to moving to this market and to wanting to uh to see success here and it's why it's it's so incredible to see the sustained you know success i mean i was at you know, that game when, you know, Barry's uh, retirement game, when uh, the loss to Michigan, and, like, it was like the, the fans had never been in a game that you'd lost before. Like, I mean, it was like, I mean, the expectations now are so high, um, which is why I want to ask you, Pat, about uh, Mac. You know, Chris McIntosh in this role now, what, a, what an amazingly bold decision-maker he's been because he has that link to the program and the past, but also feels that commitment to continue to raise the bar for the future. Um, what's it been like seeing a former student athlete like yourself, you know, grow into that role that that Mac is now in? Well, I think certainly the, the chips are all in the middle of the table right there, like right now because it's a little different situation and. Uh, and I think that uh, just as I mentioned earlier, with the people's expectations and the fact that uh, they're used to winning and being successful, and 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 it's now it's more or less winning plus. It's not just an average of nine games, uh, perhaps like uh, Nebraska was thinking. Whatever, it's it's a continued success, and the fact that people can uh, you don't have too many surprises along the way. The fact is is that you're consistent, and uh, understanding the people that are stewarding the the program understand the, what the expectations are and are willing to put their reputations on the line and careers on the line for that matter uh, to make it better and uh, so that's that's the thing that's really different 
And yeah. I think that uh, people, that's, they have to get comfortable with that, get understanding with that. I mean, it's still, and I think we moved away a little bit. It used to be when I made the changes with, uh, after Sue Jackson of basketball, and we went with Dick Bennett and then Bo Ryan, and even Mike Eaves in that respect. A lot of former student athletes or people that had connections to Wisconsin, they had success because they had people that would follow them and they knew that they would have the support of the people if they were successful. And we've gotten away from that a little bit, which is probably the right thing to do because you can't just work yourself into a frenzy trying to find that type of person. You have to find the right person for the job at the time, regardless of what their background and experience is. And... Uh, we just went through that with hockey, and now the change is taking place. And so sometimes those are tough bullets to, to chew on, and uh, but yet they have to happen because, as it was mentioned earlier, you, you the, the whole so the shareholders and stockholders and ticket holders, so to speak, and you want to make sure that you're giving them every shot that you have to be successful because it's very expensive. I mean, this is not you know, not a five dollar ticket when like when I played. It's a, it's much more expensive than that, and people have choices. And uh, yeah, every every time you make a change, you have to make sure that you provide something new to them, and understanding and the fact that they have faith in you to be successful, and uh, and willing to invest that money in that way, in that type of entertainment, because it's certainly they have a chance of playing their putting their money in a lot of different places nowadays, and you want to make sure that you're relevant, and that's what you have to do. So, Pat, what would you have told me if I had said you were going to end up as one of the longest tenured sports radio hosts in uh, the state of Wisconsin? Because, right? I mean, Alex, I mean, you you know, I mean, who's around? I mean, how many people have had a consistent uh, weekly sports talk show in Madison, uh, you know, longer than Pat? Certainly not many. Not many, if any. (laughs) Right. Well, I tell you, it's been a real pleasure because uh, I do, when I get out, whether you're shopping or something like that, and more people, that just the average person just to say, I enjoy the show, I tune in, when when is it going to be on on a Saturday? Uh, sometimes I've forgotten myself when it was going to be on, but, <laughs> yeah. well, but Pat, I enjoyed it. You, you mentioned we were talking off the air a little bit. You got a phone call from Craig probably some 15 years ago, and you were, uh, you were thinking that was going to be it. Yeah, I really did. I thought that... Uh, just for how we were relevant, we, it was just a short uh, spot during the week, and uh, how could that transfer into anything else other than that I had no intention to be any kind of a talk show person or whatever. And uh, Craig said, well, we love the stories. Uh, the guys who were going to do it, we like to do it in an hour. And uh, then I, I settled down a little bit when the guys told me, uh, whether it was Bill or whoever it was, talked to me saying, well, out of that whole hour, you got 44 minutes of content or whatever it is. So you should be able to manage that. And and it was enjoyable because, uh, you know, you know that people enjoyed it. And uh, and that, and they would come up and say that. And I think that in that sense, you have a tendency to be a little careful. I think when the, one of the, the times I remember is when we were talking about the Big Ten uh, ACC Challenge in basketball. And uh, I'm not sure whether it was Bill or Jim who was the host. And... Uh, and and the the right on while we were on the air, the, the word came out that we were going to play North Carolina at North Carolina in the ACC Challenge, and it was supposed to be kind of like you pair off ones versus ones, two versus two. You go visit one year, come back home the next. And I kind of blew off a little bit of steam, and I said that didn't really seem to be the way it was supposed to be. And one specific school. Uh, 
uh, had their way and da 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 and, and the next thing I know, one of the guys from the studio after the show was over he called me at home and said, say, do you mind if we use a couple of clips on the, on the, on the kind of promo ad? And I think, oh, brother, you dummy, what did you do now? And I realized I got a little bit too far ahead of myself. And then uh, I heard from Bo, and somebody said Bo had gotten all kinds of calls. He said, you should have heard what Richter just said. <laughs> so, so you have things like that, and uh, but it, it's, it does make you pay attention to what you're saying and how you're saying it, and uh, that people are listening, and they feel it's important. So it's got to be make sure it's measured, and, and not that you're trying to position it or mold it, but just be honest with the people, and if it's an opinion, it's an opinion. Yeah, it is incredible, though, to think about, you know, that this year, 30 years uh, since the Rose Bowl, right, since that 93 season. I mean, is that math even possible uh, to think about and to think about, you know, um, men's basketball, um, football, the creation of a a women's hockey uh, program, right, during that time, the sustained excellence, all the winning uh, men's hockey and all that has been done, and uh, the amazing thing for us has been to hear your point of view on all of it over the years. Because whether it's Lombardi, as you mentioned, or uh, anyone uh, in, from then to now, you seem to have a connection. And uh, to bring that to all of our fans who, who listen to you each week and to us uh, off the air to uh, be able to learn from you has just been absolutely incredible. And to call you a teammate uh, for all this time and have you out at the Wisconsin Sports Awards and so many of the different uh, events we've done together has just been so special uh, for me and for us. Well, I tell you, I appreciate it. I enjoyed very much uh, sitting next to your dad at one of the sports awards. <laughs> I, I, of course, heard him being out east and when I was out there with Don Imus and things like this, and I was talking, pick his brain. I felt like, uh, hey, I just want to use this opportunity to talk to Mel and, uh, and enjoy it, but... Uh, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to be here, Craig, and it was uh, you've done a magnificent job, and uh, and it would be uh, my pleasure to do it all over again. So, uh, but uh, uh, we talk about 30 years of Ross Rose Bowl. I just think of it the 63 Rose Bowl, 60 years, and that gets a little sobering. Ah, wow. that's that's wild. That's wild. What a what an so, amazing career. I think I I don't know. I'm I'm looking on video. I I think uh, I think Pat you know wouldn't wouldn't go alligator arms i think he'd he'd make the catch over the middle and uh and take the hit still pat you think you can no doubt oh i I can do that the body tells me otherwise but uh (laughs) broken collarbones and fingers and i could go down the the list of all the things that happened but uh you wouldn't wait do do you ever do you ever have any dreams where in your dream you're you're still you're still playing football and and you wake up and you're like oh wait that (laughs) that that's not me anymore well, it was uh, if I just feel my nose and the collarbones and things like this, and what's the next up uh, in the in the surgery department? Uh, you do it, but uh, like Alan McGuire said, he said if you knew you're going to live this long, you'd taken care better care of your body. Well, yeah, but you wouldn't have as good a time if you'd uh, been too worried about taking care of it. Very so. true, uh, Pat. We could do this for another 15 hours, as far as I'm aware. But Craig, we appreciate you taking the time, and Pat, you're you are an absolute legend. We will wrap up the finale edition of the Pat Richter Show right after this on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on Demand. Nine-time letter winner, NFL wide receiver, 14-year Wisconsin athletic director. This is the Pat Richter Show finale on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand.
nine-time letter winner, NFL wide receiver, 14-year Wisconsin athletic director. Live from the Everlight Solar Studio, this is the Pat Richter Show finale on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand with former UW athletic director Pat Richter. Here's Alex Strofe. Wrapping up the finale edition of the Pat Richter Show right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. I'm Alex Strofe alongside legendary Pat Richter from the Everlight Solar Studio one final time, downtown Madison, Wisconsin. And Pat, we had uh, about two hours worth of, of just fun conversations, reflecting, reliving, taking a stroll down memory lane of, of your time as a player, your time as at Oscar Mayer as an executive, your time at, at UW as the AD, and uh, the last uh, 19 years post-UW. Uh, and, I mean, it's just, I imagine, it's been a blast for me, but I assume I can speak for you, just listening to all the stories and the memories and the influence you've had on everybody we've talked to today. What's, what's this been like for you? Well, it really has, uh, Alex, I thank you for being, in terms of the opportunity to be with you, great karma, see how they've developed and gotten bigger and and more broad and the type of talent like yourself and others. It's been a great pleasure. I can't thank you enough for the opportunity to be here and, uh, and enjoy it. And I, it can be very hard to go back to the house and talk to my family and things like that yeah. now, after all these accolades and things <laughs> yeah. like that. But it was a great opportunity and to to think that it's been uh, as long as 15 years or whatever it is, it's been is hard to believe. But uh, time flies as you're as you're having fun. But uh, karma, great karma, has been a great opportunity for us to get enjoy the people that are that are listening to the program. And I can't tell you how many times I've been in a grocery store or somewhere else, and somebody came up and said, "Hey, we really enjoyed your listening to the show." and uh, you guys put it together, and so it really been a great opportunity, and I thank you very much for it. And I thank you, man. I mean, we, we've talked about this uh, tons of times over the last two and a half years when I've been doing the show with you, but it's it's so neat for me, and we, we talked a little bit with Craig Karmazin a few moments ago about how there's a generation of fans that, that don't know what it's like not to be relevant in, in football and men's basketball, and I fall into that category, right? I grew up with, with Barry as the coach and then his transition AD once you retired, and, and Bo Ryan in the final four runs, and uh, it, it's been so neat. It's been the highlight of my career to just every week pick your brain about, okay, how, how did you reach this decision in, in insert year to, to hire Bo Ryan, right? The, the guy that had won titles at the Division three level. Or, you know, what do you think about name, image, likeness, and the transfer portal? Even though you're not as heavily involved in college athletics, you're still one of the brilliant minds of college athletics. So it's been so neat for me to hear your perspective on those things because I have an opinion, Pat, but it doesn't hold any weight when it comes to your opinion, right? You know, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just an ass with a microphone, right? You're a guy that's actually done it and 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 put things together. So it's been really neat for me to pick your brain, and I'll continue to bother you even when we're not doing the show anymore. And I'll call you with questions all the time. Sure, please I, do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. You know, uh, I can compliment you unlike your family can, right? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's nice to know that, uh, that things are relevant. You know, that we've talked about nil we talked about uh, transfer portal things like this that are contemporary and uh the fact that the people listen to that and and it's nice to educate them sometimes because what you read in the paper sometimes isn't really as a fact of what's generated the implications are a lot of those decisions what are they t- all about yeah and uh and to watch them unfold and saying well we heard it here and uh, these guys were talking maybe we were right maybe we were wrong who knows because you can't hit them all the time but it's a uh, it's nice to know your contemporary 
people are out there listening and uh, enjoy it. And uh, the opportunity to be here at Great Karma has been a great one. Well, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. And, and, you know, it wouldn't be the Pat Richter Show if I actually didn't ask you a current events question, but, but I'll keep it pretty broad. Uh, when you look at the hype around Badgers football this year with Luke Fickle, the new staff coming in, is, is it comparable to when Barry came in, or is this on another level in terms of, okay, we've seen the success, now we need to get to that next level? Whereas when you brought in Barry, you had seen the success, but it had been a long time, right? You played in the last Rose Bowl yeah. the Badgers uh, had played in when you brought in Barry. But when, when you look at this this hype around Luke Fickle and his staff, is, is it comparable to when, when Barry Alvarez was hired and he said, buy your season tickets? No, I think it's it's much different. It's it's uh, people are more educated. They they know that we've come from a different level now, and the expectations are higher, given the circumstances with the change in the coaches. Uh, There's obviously a lot of risk involved because you had a seventy percent win rate, whatever it is, it turns about. But I think the opportunity to to be part of it and these people are the expectations. Don't take much to put it off the tracks because people are saying, "Well, wait a minute, wait. We didn't do this last year. <laughs> we and before we were coming from the bottom, and it was very, very easy. Not necessarily easy, but it was hard to go anywhere but up. And uh, and then sustaining it, we've always talked about it being the hardest part to sustain that momentum and the success, because now with that 30 years that has gone by since that started, there's a new generation. People don't understand. The dynamics, they have to understand how difficult it is. That, and not just are you trying to get better, but everybody else is doing the same thing you're doing. So you can't expect them to be, not do anything. So it's very difficult and competitive, and uh, risk-taking is, is higher, and uh, the rewards are higher. Yeah, you're totally right about that, and, and uh, that that sentence could mean multiple different things, yeah. right? When we go yeah. back to the nil and, and everything involved with that, but it's uh, it's certainly been fun to see this new era of Wisconsin football, and we'll see in a couple months uh, what, what comes of it with with Luke Fickle now at the helm of, of the Wisconsin Badgers and, and playing in the stadium where, where your number 88 is retired, and uh, we know there's a Pat Richter statue out, out front watching every move, so uh, we, we we know you're represented all over Camp Randall, and I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll make it to a few games this year. In the flesh to, to be present as well. Well, there's a, stories around the statue are kind of prevalent. And when I remember the one, the best one is a fellow was out there one day and apparently he was agitated about something and he was pointing a finger at the statue and yeah. saying some things. And one of the fellows who kind of customer service says, Is there a problem, sir? Is there something wrong? He said, yeah, that's the guy that fired Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> Nothing else counted, only the basketball coach can. That's terrific. And uh, the stories are endless with Pat Richter. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it. Wisconsin On Demand or ESPN Madison's YouTube page, where we'll have all those conversations with all of our guests today. Mark Tauscher, Jason Wildey, Bill Johnson, Jim Rutledge, Tarek Sala, Derek Engler, and Craig Karmazin, who all jo- joined us over the course of the last two hours. You can find those Wisconsin On Demand and YouTube. Pat, seriously, thank you so much for the last uh, several years of our conversation and, and the years prior to my arrival uh, of the great insight and conversation. It's, it's been an absolute blast and a pleasure. And like I said, I'll still call you up and, and we'll do this, just uh, not on the radio. Anything, Alex. You're you the best. Thanks very much for appreciating the opportunity to be with you and good luck in your career. Appreciate you. Right back at you, my friend. He's Pat Richter. I'm Alex Strofe. This has been the grand finale of the Pat Richter Show right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Miss any of the Pat Richter Show finale? Find the full show wherever you get your podcast with Wisconsin On Demand.